I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's no, there shouldn't be a stigma about it because yeah. you're not alone. There are lots of other men out there walking the streets. They're just too ashamed or too scared to talk about it. Hello there and welcome to the Manzilla podcast. Thank you very much indeed for joining us today. I really appreciate you being with us. It's a real problematic time at the moment, isn't it? This pandemic is just eating away into the vibes of life. Oh, I hope you're doing all right. I'm struggling at the moment, to be honest. It's just, you know, life is just sucked out of everything, isn't it? But hey, we're here with a new podcast and I really appreciate you being here. So thanks so much. It would be great if you could subscribe um, and to leave a comment as well and to give us a rating if you could do that on all the podcast uh, platforms that you might be listening to this on. Um, and do follow us on social media as well, at Manzilla Online. This is the place, of course, to come for all the best in men's mental health, men's mental issues, men's status, men's identity. We're here to tackle anything that we find taboo to talk about or things that we need to address as guys. So thank you so much for being here today and spending a bit of time with the Manzilla podcast. Today's show, it is a good show today. International Men's Day, I'm trying to tie this in with. Um, If you're listening to this on International Men's Day, happy International Men's Day. Uh, If you're not, and if you're listening to it after, then um, yeah, this is what it's all about today. We're talking about men's uh, issues to do with this big day. And today we're talking about a very big issue. It's to do with men's urology. It's quite an interesting aspect of men's health, this men's urology. It's not something we really see on the outside, it's obviously to do with, you know, our urinary and sexual um, related issues. So we're talking all things that we need to do to look after our urological health and all things that we need to do to prevent any problems occurring in the future. The big one being prostate cancer. That's one of the biggest killers in men, of course, as we know. One in six men will get prostate cancer at some point in lives. That's crazy. An absolutely crazy stat. And it's even higher as well when you narrow that down to ethnic minorities as well, um, more susceptible to prostate cancer. So today's guest for this show, we have um, a very well-known doctor in this field. Um, his name is Prasanna Surya Kumaran, a big name, goes by the name of PS as well, just his initials. Uh, he is an absolute legend. Um, I've connected with him on social media and you know his, his, his uh, credentials and his volume of work are just incredible. Um, one of Europe's leading prostate cancer specialists um, and urologists as well. Uh, an amazing guy. Check him out. Google him. All his details will be in the bio in the description. Um, but this is just such an informative chat here. I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. And it's, it was really eye-opening as well. And it brings home some some facts, really, that we don't always consider uh, because of so many other issues going on in life and to do with our health too. Um, so today we talk about all things urinary, all things sexual functioning, you know, to do with erectile dysfunction and to do with... Uh, premature ejaculation um, and we talk about prostate cancer as well and the issues that happen when you know guys get diagnosed with that and how to prevent some of these or try to prevent some of these issues from occurring so I hope this is of use to you and I hope this is of use to any friends that you may have or family members that you may have that may find this useful 
Um, it would be really great to know what you think about this episode too. So leave us a comment or you can DM me. I'm at Gavin R. Official or DM at Manzilla Online as well. Um, but yeah, I just find it's really important to talk about these types of issues because we don't often voice these kinds of things really as guides. And we certainly don't have it covered as much as we I think we should do. So thanks very much indeed for, for listening and please do enjoy my chat with Prasanna Surya Kamaran, a.k.a. P.S. What made you want to go into this career then? What made you want to go down this route? Yeah, so in terms of urology, I mean, it was something I kind of stumbled upon. Um, when I first became a junior doctor, I worked with a urologist, and it, this was back in 1999, uh, 2000, and he was a urologist in Nottingham, um, where I trained. Uh, and uh, I looked at him, and he was a nice bloke, and I looked at his other urological colleagues, and they all seemed like nice blokes, and I went around to the houses, and they all had nice sports cars, and they all, yeah. looked, it all looked very nice. And I thought, well, this sounds like quite a nice career. They all have good, they all have good lives, and they all have good lifestyles. Plus, the medicine was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good mix between both kind of medicine, prescription-based medicine, but also surgery. And also, urology has a lot of sort of innovation, a lot of gadgets. A lot of the urology now is robotic, mm. which is a, is a big innovation. And then a lot of it is surgery with lots of gadgets and stuff. So for a, so for a bloke. It's quite yeah. appealing, I think, to do yeah. that kind of surgery and help uh, other people. Predominant, a lot of it is predominantly male, uh, males you're helping, uh, and you get to both use your hands and your brains yeah. at the same time. So yeah. Wow, man, amazing. When it comes to men's urology, you know, and um, you know, urological health, I think that um, we we take that for granted. I think a lot of us men, and I don't know, I don't know if a lot of guys actually kind of appreciate what urological health is. I'm not pronouncing it right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right because I think women generally, I mean, I'm generalizing, but, sure. but as a generalization, women generally take their health much more seriously than men. Yeah. Uh, and men have a kind of invincibility complex, I would say, yeah. where either they don't ever think anything bad's going to happen to them yeah. um, or they just tend to bury their head in the sand and ignore it, even if it did. So they tend not to think about their health very yeah. much in my experience. Uh, but urological health is really important, especially for men. Um, you know, prostate cancer is the commonest cancer in men in the West, second commonest cancer overall. Um, you know, testis cancer is commonest cancer in men under the age of 40. Um, commonest conditions, things like erectile dysfunction in younger men. Um, you know, so urological health, um, whether that's benign with erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, sexual health type issues, urinary health as you get older, with getting up to pee at night or, or prostate cancer or testis cancer, something in, in the middle. Um, lots and lots of urological conditions affect men really throughout their lifetimes from early adulthood onwards. Mm. Um, so I think it is really important. And the awareness out there is much less than for women about breast cancer or yeah. you know, women's health. Yeah, that's interesting. Why do you think that is? Do you reckon that's down to... An outdated philosophy, perhaps, or I mean, it's really interesting you say that. Yeah, I, think I feel the same. I think it yeah. is. So I think it's. I think it is to some extent because men don't care as much or don't appear to care as much about their health as yeah. women do. Number one. Yeah. I think a lot of it is is sort of political. A lot of the urological conditions are not classically considered to be sexy, right? Right. I yeah. mean, people don't really. A lot of them are a bit taboo. They don't really want to talk about their erections. They don't want so to talk either. about whether they come too soon. They don't want to talk about whether they've got cancer. Of, of the nether regions like their prostate or their testicles or if they've got a lump in an unusual place on their penis or whatever. These are not things that 
you know, socially yeah. people that want to necessarily want to talk about, Completely but they're right. really important. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's 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 getting over that sort of embarrassment factor, isn't it? Or that that kind of yeah, you know, that factor of being ashamed to tell someone about that yeah. sort of stuff because it's I mean I suppose it's hard for men to certain generation of men anyhow to to open up about that, let alone you know the most easy of things to open up about, and that's a very difficult thing to talk about, isn't it? Really, yeah. And a lot of a lot of um, men are. Uh, you know, feel not just embarrassed, but they actually feel a bit of shame, I yeah. think. And I think that's wrong because mm. there's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, it's yeah. health. It's a bit like it's a bit like how mental health used to be ten years ago. Yeah. Which to some extent still is. Yeah. But over the last few years, you know, those those stigmas around mental health have really gone away or yeah. are being broken down. And now there's nothing wrong with admitting you're depressed or anxious. There's nothing wrong with getting mental health advice. Whereas, you know, when I was a junior doctor in training, people would, would kind of look at you strangely if you said, well, I you know, was depressed or I had to go and see my GP or a psychologist for this. Yeah. And then that was kind of like, well, you know, what's yeah. wrong with you kind of thing right. as a person. And it's, I think, similar with urinary and sexual health and neurological health in general. Whereas yeah. I think we need to kind of, like with mental health, we need to have a revolution and break down those, those mm. barriers and actually, you know, stop people dying of prostate cancer and testis cancer and these things that you yeah. know are really important. What do you think are the key signs to look for in, in um, any problems to do with urological health, would you say? Yeah, so I think for men it varies from, from um, you know, as, as they get older. So younger adulthood, um, you know, testis cancer is a, is a big thing. Mm. Um, you know, Lance Armstrong, these people at that sort of age. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they Younger need to... Younger as in how old would you say? Like, oh, so 20 to 40s. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, women are taught, I think, from, you know, uh, school, a lot of maybe. media and stuff. Yeah. A lot of media and stuff. They, and school age, they're taught mm. to examine their breasts regularly, right? Yeah. Whereas I, I suspect you're not, you've never been taught how to examine your testicles in the shower and you probably don't do it regularly mm. whereas actually the same way that women are taught to examine their breasts regularly men should be taught to examine their, their balls regularly yeah uh, testicular self-examination is really important because testis cancer is typically uh, without symptoms you typically just feel a lump yeah. and so if you're not looking for a lump you're not feeling for a lump then you often won't notice it um, mm. and so yeah that i think is something that needs to be educated that testicular self-examination is really important from early adulthood onwards uh, and then as you get older you need to start thinking about your urinary symptoms and your sexual health because it's really common to have erection problems as you get into your 30s 40s um, really common even for younger men to have premature ejaculation mm. ejaculation problems that they don't want to talk about um, and then as they get older really common to wake up at night to have difficulty peeing um, to develop symptoms of prostate enlargement and potentially prostate cancer. Mm. Prostate enlargement, really common. Prostate cancer, really common. So both those things in older men uh, and in younger men, testis cancer, ejaculation problems, erection problems, sexual health things, really. Yeah. Because again, you know, men don't like to see their doctor about erection problems, but actually something like 40% of men uh, in their 40s will have significant erection problems and something like 20% of men in their 20s have uh, premature ejaculation. So these are high numbers, mm. and they certainly aren't all going to their doctors or their urologists, but they can get help, and help is available out there. That's really interesting you say that. A lot of people bury it under the carpet, don't they? They just sort of 
try and think it'll, it'll go away by just wishing it away or yeah. by taking a supplement or whatever. And yeah, or they right. just or they just don't deal with it. They just yeah. live a worse life because of it because they're scared to have sex or they're scared because they won't be able to get it out properly or they're scared they'll come too soon so they yeah. avoid those situations or they just learn to to manage it but they don't need to right because these are things that are easily treated mm. by and large these are things which are not which are really common and mm -hmm. when things are really common that means that there's no there shouldn't be a stigma about it because yeah. you're not alone there are lots of other men out there walking the streets they're just too ashamed or too scared to talk about it yeah whereas actually you're actually the brave person if you do come and seek help because you're actually doing something that improves your health and your quality of life yeah yeah it's, I, I think it's really interesting to get that message home isn't it you know a lot of a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think to that they're in the majority not the majority but a significant amount yeah of um of people who have these issues um and it's just so important to keep talking about it and to keep raising awareness about it really um when it comes to the deterioration of like neurological health and, and sexual health and everything associated with that area does it is it is there a marked decline as we get older yeah i mean so like lots of things there's a general decline with age sure uh and uh, when it comes to kind of waterworks and and prostate health that that decline really is sort of around 50 and then there's yeah. usually a, a more rapid decline so it's unusual for men under 50 to get prostate cancer can mm. happen but it's not common and it's unusual for men under 50 to have significant uh, waterwork symptoms where they're waking up at night to wee and you know difficulty passing urine uh, and difficulty yeah. hitting the back of the pan of the urinal or whatever yeah so those things are unusual in, in the younger man but are very very common as they get older especially from 50s onwards yeah um, and then in the younger man erections ejaculation problems are really common and they uh, you know, can affect any age really. Yeah, and getting those treated, um, it's just a case of going to the GP, right? That's the first thing to do. Yeah, I mean, things like erection and ejaculatory problems are really mm. easy to treat because a lot of it can be tr uh, treated with uh, psychological therapies, so just talking therapies, mm -hmm. and they're also very effective medications for both ejaculatory problems uh, and erection problems that work really well. Mm -hmm. um, so those things, and now even you can buy Viagra over the counter without even seeing mm -hmm. a GP. So, so you know there are lots of treatments out there which are very simple, side effect free, virtually, yeah, um, and easy to administer and easy to use. So for younger men's sexual health problems, uh, and for older men, prostate health again easy to manage with uh, lifestyle advice, uh, things like caffeine withdrawal, things like. Um, Caffeine withdrawal, as in not drinking coffee? Or, yeah, as in not yeah. drinking coffee, yeah, tea, yeah. because those things irritate the bladder, irritate right. the prostate, so they, they can help. Okay. Uh, and then certain medications that relax the muscle of the prostate, mm. help the bladder empty, those things can also help uh, with prostate health. And then, of course, checking blood tests like a PSA, simple blood test, to check for prostate cancer. Again, would save loads of lives because um, one in eight white men in this country will get significant prostate cancer at some point in their lifetime. Right, right, and that number yeah. doubles uh, if you've got a father or brother with it. And it doubles yeah. also if, you, if you're black. Right. So if you think about that, if you're a black man whose father had prostate cancer, you actually have a one in two chance of getting prostate Goodness cancer me. in your life. And uh, that's a lot of men out there. Jesus. Who are at risk.
when it comes to you know your work within prostate cancer you've done yeah. so much haven't you within that field and you know you, you said about the using robotics and and being involved in you know real pioneering um techniques to to treat prostate cancer uh, is is that something that you know you sort of fell into how did you sort of like advance into that field and what was the thing yeah. that, that you learned most from like that journey yeah so i think i mean um I decided I wanted to do urology for the reasons we've discussed. Mm -hmm. And so I went into some urology and then um, I got a PhD offered to me, uh, which was in prostate cancer. And so while I was doing that, I was doing a lot of research, uh, both lab based research, but also clinical research on patients with prostate cancer and investigated uh, various treatments in prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And that kind of developed my interest in it. And, and the thing about prostate cancer is it's a very varied area. So a lot of men with prostate cancer will die from it. Mm -hmm. One man every 45 minutes will die from prostate cancer in the UK. So in the length wow. of this podcast, one man will die from prostate cancer in this country. Goodness me. Uh, so it goes from that, the kind of, you know, Bengal tiger end, mm -hmm. but roll the way down to the household pussycat end, which is where many men will die with their cancer rather than from their cancer. Yeah. And so that gives you quite a lot of scope for developing expertise, right? Mm. And it makes it quite interesting because it's actually uh, quite interesting to try and figure out who are the can who has the cancers that need treating yeah. versus those that don't need treating or don't even need diagnosing. So there's a lot of intellectual scope as well. Yeah. And then robotic surgery is just fun, Gavin. Yeah. I mean, it's just cool, right? It's like, yeah. it's like when my son plays a Nintendo Switch and he wants me to play Mario Kart, I'm like, nah, that's rubbish. That's just... <laughs> That's just two-dimensional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, brilliant. That's, that's, this is like, this is literally yeah. ch child's play. Whereas yeah. <laughs> I get to like play on this million-pound machine and save yeah. somebody's life doing it. Yeah, oh, that, that, when you put it like that, it just sounds absolutely incredible. Really, really cool. Jeez. Um, goodness me. But when it comes to, you know, the, the, you know that sort of stuff, is there must be a lot of pressure in it as well. And there must be, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of extra stuff that goes around your focus. Yeah, I mean, I guess job. it's a bit like being a fighter pilot, isn't mm, it? In the sense yeah. that you've got this... Yeah hugely complex piece of machinery that you have to spend ages learning how to use properly and if you don't do it properly then you know then potentially lives are at stake right like anything that like being a fighter pilot i imagine it's a, you know it's a lot of fun when you're good at it right yeah so you know i spent uh, two years purely doing robotic surgery in the best places in the world in new york where i worked with a guy who was involved with the very first robotic prostate cancer surgery in the world ever. And then I moved to Stockholm to the Karolinska, which is, as you know, a, a huge university as mm. well, awards the Nobel Prize every year. And, um, you know, worked with a guy that did the very first cases in Europe. Mm. So I worked with guys that were the world pioneers, uh, you know, and learned from the best. And like anything, you know, if you have, if you have a really good piece of kit uh, and you have really good trainers, then you can develop expertise yeah, you know, quite quickly, just like you have in your fields, you know, yeah. the more expert you get at something, the more enjoyable it becomes, right? Yeah, totally right. Totally right. Yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
is there something that we can do as guys to sort of maybe you know look after our and think about our urological health better is there something that maybe we can maybe think about in you know more detail perhaps yeah and no, i think prevention is really important in all of medicine but mm. again in neurological health as well so i think generally what is good for your heart is good for your prostate okay right so you know clean living sadly is good for you mm-hmm. so that means you know avoidance of eating too much fat keeping yourself slim good exercise levels uh, good activity levels all of those things have been shown to actually help with prostate health as well as stopping you dying of a heart attack yeah. okay so those things i think are really important um, especially as you get older and you tend to or get not you not as much as me but you tend to get a middle age <laughs> spread and it's coming though don't worry it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting on to trust me <laughs> um, so yeah so those things i think are, are helpful so keeping active and doing uh, eating healthily really mm. helpful um more specific things um that i think are, are, are good uh, avoidance of of, of smoking because mm. um, that's very bad for urological health lots of urological cancers bladder cancer uh, except especially really related to smoking uh, so avoidance of smoking um, alcohol to a lesser extent can affect urinary symptoms caffeine unfortunately um, mm. a lot of blokes like to drink a lot of coffee especially yeah you know blokes working in the city stressful jobs etc and i see a lot of those sorts of patients in my clinic with lots of inflammation of the prostate um, and that again is a big irritant so avoiding uh, drinking too much tea and coffee sure unfortunately is also And when you look at it in, um, you know, urological health in terms of the mix of like health, like, you know, physical fitness by the look of things, you know, muscles, etc. Mindset, you know, mental health, etc. Like that. Um, How sort of like on a scale of how how big on the scale would you say that it comes in the mix of that, would you say? Yeah, so I think it's difficult because, you know, usually with physical health, you can usually see it. Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, And mental health, you can usually, you know, speak and find out about it. Yeah. You can tell someone's by the demeanor and stuff. Urological health can be completely unknown. So I have no idea what your urological health is like, mm. regardless of, how, uh, you know, of, of our conversation, unless I ask you specifically about it, and you have no idea what mine is like, right? Mm-hmm. It's not easily apparent. Um, so the only way of knowing about someone's urological health really is by deep, is by deep diving into it, right? Yeah. By asking them quite personal questions and quite intimate questions about their sex life, about their performance, about, you know, things they'd like to improve in terms of erections and ejaculation. But then as they get older in terms of where they wake up at night to have a wee in, in terms of their, their urinary symptoms. So, um, yeah, I think the, the difficulty with diagnosing urological health issues is that people have to be prepared to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't come naturally to talk about those things, right? Mm. Uh, it's not, and it's not easily apparent, you know, just by looking at somebody. Sure. So I think that's where the challenge is. Uh, and that's where actually another one of the things I really enjoy is that you get to, when you talk to somebody about their erections and their ejaculations, mm. you get to know them pretty well. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, so you get to develop a sense, of, a, a, a quite a good relationship with patients yeah. in order for them to feel comfortable to talk about those things. Yeah. So you get to know people pretty well. And that's yeah. where that's where being a doctor is quite good. It's not just about, you know, saving their lives or it's also about developing relationships with people, right? Yeah, yeah, And you get to develop that relationship when you talk about something as personal as as their urological health. I know there's something that you've written about recently um, in the Evening Standard about how 
the battle to control and and um, and manage cancer patients is uh, paramount right now. Despite you know what we're going through in terms of coronavirus and how yeah. horrific it's been, that you know we risk forgetting about the the the, the serious amount of cases to do with cancer that yeah need to be well, treated. The thing is, COVID has come along in the last mm. few months, of course, and it's a huge. Yeah has a huge impact across the world, including in this country, of course. Mm. But the other things haven't gone away. Exactly. So one mm. man still dies of prostate cancer every 45 minutes in the country. You know, prostate cancer is still the second commonest cancer in Western men after lung cancer. Uh, and so, you know, these cancers are still out there. And all that's happened actually, unfortunately, Gavin, is that people are scared to one, get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. If they have symptoms, they tend to try and, you know, ignore it more. They were anyway ignoring it to some extent because it's not stuff they want to talk about for the reasons we've discussed. Uh, and so it's even harder now to get them to present. And even when they do present and they're diagnosed, a lot of them don't want to get treated because they're scared about the COVID situation. But actually the COVID situation in hospitals, at least in our hospital in London, um, is, is very well controlled because we have learned from the first wave how to mitigate. Mm. Uh, we've got really stringent procedures in place. Our staff get tested every week. Patients get tested before admission. Um, we have uh, uh, you know, hot sites and cold sites. Within the cold sites, we have different areas for patients that are known to be COVID negative versus those that are not, we're not sure about. We have PPE. So we have actually you know, got really stringent processes in place. Just like when you get on a ride at Alton Towers, you don't worry about dying, you know, because there are very strict processes. Or when you get on an airplane, you know, there's strict processes, uh, lots of checks that make it safe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the same way, we have that in hospitals. So absolutely, COVID is a big thing for lots of people, but so is cancer mm. and so are other health issues. And if you have symptoms, I think the number one thing I would like to get out from this podcast really is if you have symptoms mm -hmm. that potentially could mean you have a serious problem like cancer, you need to get diagnosed. Yeah. And if you have a serious problem like cancer, you need to trust the doctors and the staff in the hospitals that they know if that is more of an issue for you than your COVID, in which case they would recommend treatment and you should go and have treatment because there's no point you hiding away, being scared of COVID and then dying of your cancer. Right. Yeah, really succinct advice, man. That's just, yeah, I do worry people are forgetting about that and, and not going to get checked and get seen to because of fears of catching coronavirus or, or whatever it is, you know, they just feel like there might be a burden on the system. And Yeah, that's... and I think also part of it is because, you know, of um, not you personally, of course, mm. but, but, but the media in general. Yeah. It's, you know, coronavirus is a big thing and I don't, I don't say the media shouldn't cover it. They should, of course, cover it. But if all you did was stay at home, because that now everybody's working from home pretty much, uh, and all you did was listen to the news, you'd think coronavirus would get you as soon as you walked out the door, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're a doctor, you're working in, in London and you're having to go to the hospital and looking after patients and coming in contact and taking precautions, I think it gives you a bit more perspective. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It, of course, coronavirus is a big thing, but you can put it in that perspective easier. Sure. So, so I don't blame people to stay at home and being scared because I think that's the kind of natural reaction. Mm. And I think I'm perhaps less scared than some other people simply because I have to be out there. And yeah. I have to go and see patients and I have to do, I have to live to some extent yeah. to, to, for my work. I have to go and operate on people. So I, yeah. you know, I see actually that there are lots of, you know, lots of safety checks out there that make it more safe.
What would you say are the top tips or top five things you could maybe recommend for people to sort of take good care of their urological health? Yeah. So I think prevention, important. Mm -hmm. So clean living as much mm -hmm. as you can. Yeah. That's again, I know difficult. I and mean, it's of course, you know, the, the restrictions, I don't, you know, you can't never have a cup of tea or coffee, you, you, but, but try and restrict it. Uh, the amount of, you know, the amount of bad living, I suppose. Certainly mm -hmm. don't smoke. Um, so that's really bad. I think if you have any symptoms, really important to get checked. Yeah. Blood in the urine, feel any lumps down below, any change in your in your habit, your urinary habit, yeah. in terms of how often you go to the toilet or wake up at night to go, really important you get checked out. And then just, just you know, try and put things into perspective, I think. Mm. Um, you know, remember that there are other, unfortunately, competing things apart from coronavirus, uh, and that uh, you know, the earlier you catch all of these other things, whether that's prostate cancer, bladder cancer, testis cancer, erection problems, etc., the sooner, the easier it is to treat, and the better your overall outcome will be. Yeah, good stuff. And where can people find out more about you? Because you're obviously um, very active on Twitter and on social media. Which yes, is, so I'm on Twitter yeah. at, at PSUROL, so yeah. my initials PSUROL. Yeah. Uh, I have a long surname and a fairly long first name to, so that people can't <laughs> pronounce it generally. P, I go as PS, I'm very happy for patients and people yeah. to call me PS. PSUROL, I'm on long LinkedIn uh, with my surname. Uh, and uh, I have a website which is ps-prostate.com. Um, oh, but generally, uh, if you do a Google search with my name, uh, you will easily find me and I'm very accessible both uh, yeah. on social media and by email and, and through my secretary, etc. So there we are then, P.S., an absolute legend of a man and really grateful for him for hosting me in his place. Two metres apart, of course, current guidelines, etc. We, um, we did um, abide by all the social distancing rules, but... Um, yeah, just really great to chat about those kinds of problems that we have as guys that we are too ashamed to talk about or um, scared to voice or have issues just generally talking about these kinds of things because they're just not talked about as for us guys, are they, you know? Um, yeah, God. So, I mean, it, you know, I hope that this kind of goes down well with, with you guys and I hope that this kind of does land. And if it's, you know, I'd love to know what you think about these sorts of issues. I do think that we often don't talk about serious health implications for us guys before it's too late, you know, before we get diagnosed with something that is not incurable necessarily, but something that's gone down the pipeline too far when it could have been addressed much earlier on and we could have nipped something in the bud and dealt with it and not having caused us issues or mental problems or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts. Please do hit me up in the descriptions in the uh, in the comments section, I should say, in the in the Manzilla podcast. And also, feel free to DM me anytime at Gavin R Official. You can find out more from Manzilla uh, by going to the Manzilla website, which should be up now, which is at Manzilla. No, sorry, that's the socials. Uh, at Manzilla Online is the socials, but the website is www.man-zilla.com or www.manzillaonline.com. There we go. So yeah, please do hit us up. Let us know what you think. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much indeed as ever for watching. Please do subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a comment. And I will see you again next time. Have a great day.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.